Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Priority Roll. Today I'm joined by the one and only James Tinsdale to talk all about Eidneth Deepkin from the Broken Realms Marathi book. Wow, what a, what a mouthful. Wow, James. Uh, uh, and talking of mouthfuls, I was, I was discussing how to introduce yourself in this episode. Do I introduce you as James from Just Play Games? Do I introduce you as James from, what was your crazy brotherhood team called? Team Keen. Team Keen, there we go. Yeah. Captain by the one and only Laurie Huggett-Wild. Indeed. And who's captaining it this year? I am. Mm, exciting so it's times. probably taking a downward step you know we, we've got our 18 last year and came runners up and now we're like well i'll let jim do it now because he's over now isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well anyway regardless of titles james welcome to priority role it's uh, i think it's the first time you've been on isn't it i lose track oh yeah thank you for having me obviously i listen to the show we, we discuss a lot you know people that don't know we talk a lot off the show but it's great to be on and to have and to have a topic that we can talk about absolutely very exciting to see Ineth Deepkin in this uh, in this book and I think certainly one of my close friends uh, Chris who is a big elf uh, anything pointed pointed of ear he's he's all over you know nice I, to I hear. guarantee that he's he will he will play Eldari in 40k or even Drakari um, he'll play you know dark elves or Eidneth Deepkin, uh, he ha- although strangely he hasn't gone for Lumineth. Anyway, uh, uh, like D&D. Maybe he hasn't like, forgiven Teclas. Just started D&D. Yeah, what, for massacring the Deepkin, yeah. Um, <laughs> it just started D&D and he plays like, you know, an elven mage or whatever. It's like, Chris, you know, nice. we, we, get, we get it. We get it. You're into elves. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, so he was very excited um, because I guess what this set of rules is is all about is, is really breathing a bit of life back into the uh, the kind of underused units. You've got Alapexes. The Eidolons, both Eidolons, and the Leviadon, all getting brand new War Scrolls. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like I was saying in the... And if anyone is not in the Deepkin WhatsApp chat, come on in. We can always use more Deepkin bros. But it's nice to have life breathed into a tome that is probably a few years old now. Yeah, I think, I think some people were probably suspecting perhaps a, a new battle tome at some point. And I think this is a great way to, I guess, prolong the life of a battle tome. Yeah, and sometimes you have to look at a term and see how it's functioning, don't you? If it's functioning as intended, unless there's a massive reason to redo it, then War Scroll updates like this are probably just as good, right? That they, they breathe new life into models that we'd all love to use that perhaps are a little bit dated in their rule set because they were around about end of AOS 1, weren't they? Uh, so, I'm a deep kid. Get... I thought, they did they not arrive with AOS 2? Or did they arrive just before AOS It 1? must have been on the cusp because it was around the Magikin of Nurgle term as well, wasn't it? I think Magikin um, was the first... Were they January? And then I Magikin think was the last was like one Easter. of... Of um of AS one wasn't it because it was the first one to have the the darker logo and then anyway oh, of course, yes, but, yeah, but the around new, oh, around that time yeah. it's 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 very yeah. much start of AS yeah. two wasn't it it's a, it's a two or three years older tome so you know in today's a lot of people tell me um that back in the day you'd have to wait fifteen years for a book so three years now it's it's, it's nice to say that that's a long time for a tome isn't it um, obviously seeing a lot of armies get an update this year so it's really exciting. And obviously everyone always has their ideas. You know, people want new tomes, people want export rules and stuff. But sometimes it's nice just to look at what actually you've actually got and then see what you can work with. Absolutely. Now, I'm conscious that you uh, probably saw some of these rules maybe slightly earlier than other people, because I hope you don't mind me uh, telling everyone, but uh, you are indeed a playtester for Games Workshop, aren't you? Yeah, very privileged. And obviously something this was something I was probably quite involved with being the first Deepkin rules to come up. Um for review so it was really exciting to be involved um and yeah just feel very privileged to be able to contribute and give feedback on an army that i you know i care very much about so let's just kind of put into some context of, of why you're here specifically talking about deepkin um can you give us a bit of a background about your your deepkin journey a deepkin journey yeah um it's been a great journey um i feel like we should have bubbly atmospheric music at this point you know like yeah as we like well, under the sea playing oh uh, do you know what i'm i'm down for i'm more of <laughs> I'm I'm annoyed you've mentioned I'm annoyed you brought up Little Mermaid there because I was going to say something along the lines of did you look at this book wasn't it neat wouldn't you say that the Eidneth collection is complete and you know try and ram some sort of terrible you know puns in and lyrics from Little Mermaid but you've kind of you've you've already you've beat me to the punch 
Yeah. No, I love Little Mermaid. It's a great movie. Oh, what, what a tune, yeah. It. Poor yeah. Unfortunate Souls as well. Excellent. I know. It's, yeah. And it's all there, isn't it, if you look for it? Even like, you know, Volturnus probably has shades of the Queen in it as well. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, really moving cool. moving on from uh, from Disney. Uh, yeah, tell us about your Deepkin journey. Oh, yeah, so I did Deepkin. So I started playing Garden of Deepkin, I want to say, probably about two years ago now. Um, not long after they first came out. It took a while for me to paint up the army. Um at least well most of the models because I, I bought you know a leviathan like everybody else I had an eidolon um i had the king uh, i had a lot of eels more sargon in particular obviously given how strong they are um i had a lot of namati and i started playing i suppose it was a last last sheffield slaughter so not the one gone this early this year but previous um and i started playing a namati um i suppose a namati corpse battalion list which consisted of two times ten reavers two times ten thralls uh two units of nine eels um and a um two soul scribe a soul scribe a soul render and um a tidecaster so and i had great success um i kind of i suppose i kind of was the first really to have four and one five and oh success with the morsar guard um given how strong the scroll was very different meta then though you know we didn't have the endless spells that now wreck my thralls and reapers um so obviously you've seen recently like luke's msu eel list has, has become more prominent which obviously existed way before luke picked it up but luke's you know t- had more success with it than, than other players so um i think he's been on your show before saying how the msu style kind of suits him so that's a, that seems like a nice fit so it's nice to see that list to prominence but yeah i played it for a good 18 months i had great success um very privileged to play some top players and come out on top um i've had a lot of losses people don't realize um they think oh you know they look at my win record or my podiums or whatever but i've, I've lost a lot along the way i took a lot of licks early I've, I've been hammered i've been tabled i've you know moved off objectives when i should never have even moved um we've, uh, we've definitely done that <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. you know and I, um, I believe i've even moved you onto objective when i definitely shouldn't have been doing that absolutely uh <laughs> i've even given you a, a helping shove onto some objectives yeah i think i think um especially in the shires um when i played the back against you i think if we played that game again i think you just hammer me now um I, I, I was i was what like 10 games deep into that list so i had yeah but i think having no played that experience in, in though, i think i haven't played it once because my list wasn't very good i, I was just overperforming. i think but i think because you were so eager to do the I forget the spell name, but you pushed my unit to the midboard and allowed me to score too. I think if you just let me walk up a turn and then hammer midboard and push everything back, I think you just win it as easily. Um, but you were just so bloodthirsty. I was. I was. I had the, the scent. <laughs> yeah, the scent of the hunt was yeah. in my nose. Oh, Still oh. one of my favourite games. because I. Do you know what? You know, that moment, I'm so glad <laughs> that I was able to watch that moment back caught on camera. When when I thought I'd won, um, and like yeah, yeah, it was I just such a, there was won. just such a there was just such an energy. Everyone was like, because this was way before the Seraph. I said way before it was just several months before the Seraphon book, and everyone was just like, "Are Seraphon about to go five and zero? Oh? Like this is mad." Arguably should have though. Arguably should have. Um, mm. I think if we Maybe played that again, piloted, I think you'd piloted be by a better, more experienced general, perhaps they should have done. <laughs> so, um, going back onto um, uh, onto Deepkin, in, in terms of you know, how you were running the list. You talked mm. about running a Namati core and, you know, we've t- discussed Luke Morton's, I guess, uh, Salmon Cannon kind of eel heavy list. Do you yeah. feel Luke's like there master. was a, like, is there a kind of set cookie cutter Ideneth list before this book? Is there something, you know, if, if someone rocks up yeah, and, I, I think so. and says, right, give me the, the the tournament list, what does it look like? Yeah, you'd be running, I think you'd be running a variation of Luke's list, uh, which was previously, I suppose, Les's list, because Les was, we took, um msu eels to six nations two years ago um best piloted that it's always been a concept but i think now given the tools it has it's probably the strongest list maybe in the game um and i think the cookie cutter list would be almost like 27 eels and a king you know um Volturnus with the stackable command ability to give uh, up to three units in your hero phase, like plus three attack, plus four attack, if you can get commanding, um, or if you buy a CP. And really just go ham. Uh, I played uh, Mr. Peter Kukowski in Poland. He's a good friend of mine, but a, a good game. And he was I was running Osiop Bow Weepers, and I killed everything but Walternus and Six Eels. And in turn three, they took off 2,000 points of my army. So it's a very, very potent list because it doesn't rely on the list on it being alive. You really just need very little resource to hit 
that turn three. Um, and you do so much damage. The speed, the strike first, all these elements just combine for like a turn your opponent can rarely answer, basically. Um, so it's a really strong list in the game at the moment. But 27 heals and a king is probably the cookie cutter. Uh, endless spells hurt the thralls and reavers too much. Um, there's a lot of shooting in the game now. So the five up one wound save models, even though they serve as good screens, you can't really afford to lose them. But you you, you would easily lose them these days. Guys like Teclas and Croak with their AOE mortal wound spells just really hurt Namati units. So I would say that would be the list. So I guess what needed to change? Why why <laughs> would Ardneth, if we can maybe take off your playtester hat and, uh, you know, let's rewind mm. back a couple of weeks ago before this book came out. If you were, you know, Jimmy T, Ardneth Kino, and, uh, you know, looking forward to this book, what would you be looking for? What were you? What would you be hoping for? Um, I'd like to see a new Vortanus War Scroll. I've always hated the command ability. I still hate the command ability. I don't mind it working once, but it's a very stackable command ability on a unit that does damage that I don't think... Once you use that command ability two or three times, you have a damage output that I don't think was ever really intended. Do um, think, I don't... Uh, here's a question about stackable command abilities. Mm -hmm. Do you think, by default, every single command ability should not be stackable um, and they and they should no. then write in uh where where a rule is. of one yeah well yeah write in a default rule of one unless otherwise stated in the in the rules uh, as a designer myself i would say no because i would like the design space to in some armies make it a cool quirky camera where like maybe there's a couple of little buff guys you know like the um the goblin palooza and things like it's to have those guys maybe work together as and, and it costs command point resource that you have to manage but I would like to see a lot of command abilities written um, so that they're going to be used once, if that's the intention. I think you have to nail the wording right. Um, and with this being an old term, I think Volturnus has escaped that. But I would like to have seen that. I obviously wanted to see the Leviathan, um, the new scroll, because we never see them on the table. Um, I'd like to have seen the Alapexes. I'd like to see Lotan. Lotan, I think, deserves a new scroll. Um, but unfortunately, he was missing in the Abyss this time um and then i think that's it really i mean you could argue just the more guard war scroll need a, a rewrite who knows but i i certainly would have liked to have seen i think with this book as a fan i would like to have seen units come up to spec to spec that uh were on the table previously as a minimum you know you want to see those units you've played and it I creates more variation, certainly got that it? to an extent yes we haven't had a, a complete you know things like um Lotan isn't appearing here and you know whether he's going to appear in future lists is debatable <laughs> but certainly things like you know really classic Ideneth lists you know sharks and turtles are are now i guess viable question mark what you know what do you think oh, 100 percent uh we'll, we'll get to that in a bit but 100%. And that was the goal, really, of, of, of when we discussed these, these war scores and issues. Like, you know, the studio team absolutely want all models to be played. There's no there's no scenario where they look, they don't want to see models off the table. So it's like, how can we make these guys attractive, but also, you know, relevant to AOS 2 as well? So um, because they were previously on the end of AOS 1, you know, coming at, they probably needed some rule updates. So, and they've got that now. Um, but I think they look, I think they're quite a solid option now. Um and, you know, whether you're in Futan, whether you're in Dom Hain, um, there's a lot of variance there, I think, in lists where if you've been, like me, where you've been playing Eels, you know, and you've, you know, and I've won Heats and I've won the, the Grand Championship at, at Warhammer World, very privileged to, to win that, um, with five sport votes playing Slash, just so far. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's um, well, according to the internet, they're just bought, so, you know, that doesn't count. yeah. Uh, everyone likes to... Uh, Twitter likes Twitter to tells me. <laughs> I use Twitter as my reliable source of news for all things relating to this hobby. And, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know... I found it's, it's never put of, me wrong. <laughs> so when you sit at the top of the mountain, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of people throwing stuff at the bottom. But you, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get a moment of tranquility and, and peacefulness because it's just you up there. So <laughs> like I, a, I just like an Aerith stone mage atop his floating rock. Very much so. And I have that model and it's gorgeous. It's um, lovely, isn't it? But, you know, the Deepkin community, before you know, before we get into stuff, it's great to see how many players have adopted a new army and are new to Sigmar and are enjoying the game, you know, at many different levels, you know. Um, and I see new people come into the chat all the time, new people at events that have just started on the Deepkin journey. And they're always attracted to the sharks, the turtles, you know, these sea animals that fit the, the artwork and the lore much more than, say, 30 eels, you know, which is obviously the competitive side of the book. But 
it's nice to see all these people wanting to play these models. And hopefully now they will. I would argue it's also one of the most iconically Age of Sigmar armies. Because oh, well, A, because it is a, a new faction, sure. But it also it is so it, it's so ridiculous that it could never <laughs> have existed in Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Um or or perhaps, you know, it maybe it could have done. But I think it's, you know, this atheism, the kind of the weirdness of it. I think Stormcast are clearly, you know, the, the poster faction for for, mm-hmm. for this game. And so if you remove Stormcast from the picture, what army is Age of Sigmar? is the most Age of Sigmar. And I would say it's either between Caradron Overlords or yep. Ardeneth Deepkin. Those, those have been my two, because when you when you see the models and then you explain to someone they're in a fantasy game, they, there's always that pause, like, what? How? Like, what? And then they delve into the lore and the rules and stuff, and it all makes sense. But yeah, those two. Because I, I don't think, you know, let's let's have a quick have a quick faction, kind of, you look at death, right? Death is just, it's all the same, isn't it? It's all, you know... Yeah, it's a very iconic... Also, right, Reapers, yeah. Reapers, essentially... Tomb Kings, new look. There's not much different about them. Nighthorn are just an expanded range of existing stuff. Flesh of course, renamed ghouls, whatever. Destruction, orcs as orcs, grits as goblins. You know, it's, it's a giant spare map, whatever. And then Chaos is Chaos, hasn't changed a bit. It's just the same yeah. stuff. Um, Seraphon have, have gone from this weird transition between like celestial demons to, you know, what we've got them now. Sure, but even Lumineth Realm Lords, a brand new faction for AOS and the Daughters of Cain, like Daughters of Cain are just an element of Dark Elves expanded and Lumineth Realm Lords are just High Elves, but AOSified. But mm. I feel like the this kind of the dwarven tropes of um the, the slayers to fire slayers transition wasn't as extreme as the dwarfy steampunky techie thing into the caradron overlords and the transition from whatever you know th- there was no equivalent of the Ardeneth deepkin before which i think is is probably why they stand out to me so much is because the dwarves have always had a a kind of steampunky kind of rustic technology feel to them but they've take they have taken up to 11 and so they definitely stand out you know airships are cool that's fine but i think it's because there was nothing like this before no and i think the law's really interesting as well they're they're not only a brand new aesthetic and like a, um, a creation if you will of like mixed team themes but the law of like the namati needing souls they're dying out they've been abandoned in the ocean by teclas um, they're fighting for survival they live with magic under the water there's a lot of Un- things to the like sea. there yeah yeah, under sides. the sea. There yeah, you go. There you go. Um, but you see, I mean, but there's, there's so much creativity about it, and in the book as well that um, I think attracts a lot of people. I mean, I think absolutely right. I think those two armies, um, even though all the Sigma models that come are fantastic, I think, um, with very few exceptions, I think um, the character of Lords and Adventure Keep are like two of the best armies I think they've ever done. Yeah, I reckon so. It's certainly the most AOSy. Um, yeah, which is super cool, and it gets you super excited for the future. It does, and as you say, the laws. I just, I just like the fact that you know the, you know, it far inland. They start to smell the sea, and they're yeah. kind of like, you know, they start. There's a almost like a an oceanic rhyme. So barnacles start to appear, and you can kind of smell the salt water and seaweed. And even though you're inland, and suddenly, like, you know, the Eidneth come and steal everyone's souls. It's very dark, though, isn't it's it? Pretty dark, a isn't it? Yeah, there because they make you forget they've just taken half of your town and killed and harvested them, basically. Um, and you wake, you wake up next day like, has everyone just moved on? Where is everybody? Like, it's a really dark, like, need to kill, if you will, um, for the Namati. Um, and the Achillean are obviously elves and they don't they have their own souls. They don't need to look for souls. But it's just a, it's just a really nice mix of the desperate and the damned together under the ocean. You know? yeah. Yeah, um, so it's really cool it's really cool and i think that's what attracts a lot of players to it right should we start talking about models and uh and lore and start talking about some of these rules? do it let's, let's do it to- right before we get onto the i guess the the kind of the key aspects which are the war score changes let's talk about mount traits oh okay do you want to, to reel them off yeah, let's do it. So we've got two tables. We've got deep mare mount traits for heroes mounted on deep mares only, and we have a Leviathan mount traits. Uh each mm-hmm. table ha- is a D3 table, or indeed you can pick. Um and the first one for Deep Mare Mount Trait is Swift Fin Impaler. Uh, if the roll for this model's Deep Mare Horn is 6, the nearest enemy unit suffers D6 mortal wounds instead of D3. Fine. Savage Ferocity. Add 1 to the attack's characteristic of this model's Deep Mare's Fanged Jaws and Talons, and it's Deep Mare's Lashing Tails. Fine. And then Void Chill Darkness. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Subtract 1 from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models that are within 3 of this model which I think for me is the absolute standout one. Yeah, 100%. Uh, um, uh, what epic names as well, right? 
Yeah, I love I mean, the way you... Void chill darkness. Let me, yeah, let me read the, uh, the flavor text of this. <laughs> this deep mare comes from some of the darkest and coldest ocean depths in the realms, turning the ether sea around it ice cold and dark. Like, not only <laughs> is your family having their souls eaten, but it's also really cold. I mean, I don't like being cold. I mean, I don't like having my soul eaten, but if I'm going to have my soul eaten, it might as well be toasty and warm, right? Yeah, exactly. I was, I was joking as well. My friend told me the other day saying, there's so much flavour text in, in the um, the books, I bet no one's ever read. You know, just above the rules. They just skip the flavour, don't they? Look at the rule. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, of flavour text in books. And I feel like uh, Steve and I were talking about this on Ashes of the Imperium, the uh, 40K podcast that I do recently, is that in one of the recent narrative uh, campaign supplements that Games Workshop released um there's actually only a, a few pages of narrative at the start of this campaign this kind of rule set but there's a huge amount of narrative in the missions in the flavor text in the rules whereas actually so the whole book is narrative and the rules fit into it rather than this kind of almost like i guess what you've got here which is a section of narrative and a section of rules yeah yeah void chill darkness definitely my favorite what, what are your thoughts on uh swift finned impaler and savage ferocity yeah so the minus the minus one to hit's great because it naturally it fits at home on a king right uh, a lot of people are going to play volturnus yes his mount does get a mount trait um which i think is, which i've seen some people asking um it's all that's always been the case um so he he would tag on the side of a unit wouldn't he and make a lot of survivors that the eels don't spear to death minus one to hit um, I do think adding additional attacks to his um, deep mare is probably okay, um, but Deepkin's never suffered for damage, and usually if Alternus is joining the fight, it's a plus three attack, so it might be curtains for whatever he's charging anyway. But um, yeah, I think those two for sure, I think um, they're probably the two you're going to see all the time. But again, it's nice to have mount traits. It's nice to give uh, more identity to the the sea animals of the Deepkin army. And I think these tables do a really good job. And I think that's why the Leviathan has his own, because he is epic. He is. Who doesn't like big monsters? Anything that's giving you something on a six is just not as good value as something that happens automatically. So I think Vo Void Your Darkness is by far the best one. But if you go back next, I think Savage Frosty is my is my second best one, purely because it, it, it activates anyway. It's always, you're always getting plus one 100%. rather than you if you only roll a six. 100%. And anyone who plays competitive Deepkin knows it's better to have a known than an unknown. And yeah, absolutely. If you're paying to roll um, sporadic D6 mortal wounds, I don't think you even need it because you've got the Voltic, um, the Voltic Blast from the Eels, which gives you plenty of mortal wounds should you need them. Um, but the, the damage you have is so is so heavy that anything you charge isn't living anyway. So those two, I think, you know what you've got, you can plan around it, and you can move forward. And I think when you combine that mount trait on a normal Achilling King, so not Voltellus, but a normal King, whack the Cloud of Midnight on him. You can actually push him in to a unit, activate the Cloud of Midnight so he can't be hit, and he makes everybody else minus one to hit. So that's a really cool combo as well, which maybe and, you can and that's, even... And that's a really key thing, which I, I missed on the first pass, is that it is a... I read it as subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models that are within three inches of this model against this mm. model. But it's not. It's an aura. Yeah. Not, not a... His model's within three of him, so as long exactly. as he's in the middle of it... He's helping, right? And he's, so, on a, he's on a fairly chunky base. What's he on? Like a 60 mil or something? Something like that. I'm pretty sure it's a 60 mil, yeah. But he's but he's a nice piece because when we get to lists in, in a bit, um, Volturnus is probably not at home. He's probably it's probably more a normal king that's at home in the Achillean Corpse Battalion, which I think the Leviadon and the Alapex changes make a really interesting list to run now. And I do think you're going to start to see a lot of it because um, I think Mr. Paul Marshall was running it earlier in the year with some success. He was, yeah. Um, with a great, fantastic resin-looking water yeah, effect wonderf army. wonderfully kind of sculpted waves and everything. Absolutely. Um, so I think Big you'll see fan. more of that, and I think you'll see people venturing out because the sharks have a legitimate, legit, a legitimate claim, I think, um, to people that are maybe bored or want variants on their Morsar list. Um, but yeah, but those two certainly. Cool. So on to Leviadon Mount Traits. So we have Ancient. Big boy. If the weapon used for an attack that targets this model has a rend characteristic of minus one, change the rend characteristic for that attack to dash. So rend one equals rend none. Denizen of the darkest depths. Add one to the number of mortal wounds inflicted on each en enemy unit by this model's crushing it charge ability. This means that it will inflict one mortal wound on an enemy unit on a roll of one. Interesting. And yep. then reverberating carapace. Increase the range of this model's void drum ability from 12 to 15 and then for those yeah, who don't so. know what the void drum ability is it's add add one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly iron thiepkin units that have a wounds characteristic of eight or less that are wholly within 12 of any friendly leviadons in addition add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly namas units 
that target an enemy unit wholly within 12 of a friendly Leviathan. So that obviously goes to 15 inches. What <laughs> are your thoughts on the Leviathan mount trains, James? Um, I think the the one that adds an additional mortal wound to the charge is probably something you're not going to take. Um, he already does decent mortal wounds on the charge, plus he's got a lot more damage now. Um, but I think that fits his narrative fluff of him slamming into you. Um, so I think they wanted to add something there. But the other two are probably ones you consider. Now, if you're running an Amati sort of Iron Rack style list, um, the Void Drums are obviously going to speak to you. Get those Namati, plus one save. Um, and, you know, Thralls hitting on twos in combat is a big deal. Um, there's a lot of minus one to hit in the game now, which can affect Thralls. So, or Reavers. So... That's nice, but I think ultimately what you're going to see is you're going to see the two up turtle reduce rend by one. I think a competitive Achillean Corpus mountain trait will be reduce rend one because a lot of things in the game now have a bit of rend one going on. There's a and lot of rend stay... one kicking about, isn't there? Yeah, so when you uh, and you have to think when you play the Achillean Corpse list, it's very low model. So he's going to, he, you know, he's not a throwaway Leviathan. He's not a tax that you're just including for the battalion. He's the kind of guy who's going to go into those Hearthguard Berserkers, reduce their rend, and hold that unit up with a two-up save. So he's he's got a big role to play, and I think the minus one is probably where you're going to go. But you could certainly go, depending, if you're not running a Killing Corpse and you're going for a Namati list, um, then absolutely the Void Drums are cool. Plus, how epic is it with the rain pouring, the APC rising, and you just hear this massive boom, boom, you know, as the turtle rises out the water. It's very cool. Yeah, like a, a Mike Portnoy drum solo or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly what I was go. thinking. Exactly, exactly that. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool, I think it? it's haunting. It's very, very haunting. Mm. Um, but I think that the reverberating carapace, I, yeah, as you say, ancient seems to be the go-to. But mm. the carapace, the, the increased range of the void drum is something which is very list dependent and sort of sub faction de- dependent. I think it, it isn't the case that you would automatically pick ancient all the time because your list may force you to take uh to, to consider the carapace whereas i, I feel like the deep mare mount traits uh void your darkness is good regardless of what list you're running 100 percent. and when it comes to these mount traits you have to think like we look at it in the microchasm of um competitive play but there's a lot of players out there who run path to glory narrative campaigns that will run the marty heavy lists and they'll find a lot of fun with the void drums um so it's important that you always address other units than just you know the top tier deepkin list but yeah the map the, the deep mare mount trains are ones that are going to be the most pinnacle i think because you'll see those at every event right so moving on to the war scrolls so first up we're going to cover the sharks or uh, to give them their real name the achillean alapexes so this model has uh still got a bloodthirsty predator rule and it's got entangled so bloodthirsty predators Add one to the attack's characteristic of this unit's ferocious bites if it's within three inches of any enemy models that have any wounds allocated to them, or it is within three inches of any enemy units that have had any models slain in that turn. And then entangled, uh, a unit that has been hit by any attacks made with a Retarius net launcher cannot make pile-in moves in the same turn. So what immediately stands out to me is that entangled rule, the net launcher. Oh, it's epic, isn't it? It's epic. They've, um, the the Alapex is uh, we're in a tough spot before because they're always competing with with three eels, whether that be Ishleon or Morsar. Now I feel like they have a very different role on the battlefield because um, before they were predominantly just damage, right? You know, they had the good draw attacks. They could do stuff with charges if there was blood in the water, sort of thing. Now they're going to get increased movement on the war scroll that they previously had. They've got additional attacks if they if you're in combat with a unit, and let's say. They tag on the side, yeah? And then your other boys go first. They slay a model. All of a sudden, these three or four sharks get plus one attack on their bites, which is a lot of damage. Especially if you're running that in Futan or Domhain, they're going to have rerolls as well. So, yeah, that's a lot of damage just to add on. Um, so they have a very strong rule, but the key is the entangled. Imagine shooting that net at a Hearthguard Berserker unit. Yeah. And and a really key point to note here is that it's a, the unit only needs to be hit, not exactly, and they hit on threes, and they hit on threes. It, yes, it's only one shot, but well, you can have multiple sharks, right? So of you course, can have of more one, one shot per per shark, I should say. Yeah. Absolutely, and if you and if it's clutch, you're going to spend that command point from a hero nearby, and you're going to make the real ones to hit in the shooting phase, aren't you? So it's threes we roll in once if you really need it, because to to frame to frame their use, if you will. I played Andy Hughes, um, and I played Richie, obviously, a lot, who plays Hearthguard. But I played, I played Mr. Hughes um, Slaughter Game 5, um, and he had Hearthguard Berserkers. And it's a, it's a matchup that the Deep can really struggle with, because outside of High Tide, they can just spend a command point in Home Darwin Strike first. And they pile in twice, and they just delete whatever you want. And then normally that's you doing that to another army. But, you know, in this instance, Andy crushed my 
I guess because I, I couldn't I couldn't attack him, uh, and he was too up in the scoring focal points. So um, he played it really well. But sharks now would give me a real big advantage over that kind of list. You know, the nets would hit the hearth guard. They can't double pile in. They can't attack twice. I could just tag on the end, take maybe four attacks off some hearth guard, and then I can pile in and nuke them. Yeah. So it makes a huge difference to have that rule to the army. Like it's a massive rule. Um, and I think that's the strongest argument why your CLFX is in lists. Definitely. And I think even the profile changes that you've got. So for example, um, looking at missile weapons, uh, the, you've got that added rule, the entangled rule to the Retarius net launcher, but the profile mm -hmm. remains the same. It hasn't lost any damage. So you, it's still kicking out three no. damage uh, for that shot if, if it does go through. Admittedly, it's threes, threes and rend nothing with three damage, but uh, that's, uh, you know, three damage is three damage. Right? We've all been there. We've all been there. You know, when someone shoots you with like a four damage shot, there's no rend or like a crawler, you know, with a five damage, no rend. And you, you have like a two, three up save. You don't want to roll that one. You know, if you're yeah. that Warcrusher player and you roll that one, it actually makes a massive difference. And I always say to players, like, it's a dice game. And yes, it's got, because they're like, oh, why doesn't it have rend? I'm like, well, it's fun to roll the dice, isn't it? And not know. What if you get the one? You know, it's, it's interesting to see it because I think if you had Rend, you'd have to look at the points a bit more. You, you want to point it in a place where it is competitive and it, and it has enough rules that push those points to a fair limit, but also are interesting enough that you would paint and play them. So I think the Alapexes are in an absolute great spot. And when you put them in the Achillean Corps Battalion, which is exactly where they're going to go now. Um, but they were there before already, of course, but now they have such a great... Now they no longer feel like attacks. I think that's, that's the point. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. They're, really they're going to help the Leviathan go in. They're going to help you. So back to the example I gave before is these guys are just going to net a little dwarf on the corner. Then um, the Leviathan will go in on the side and he's not going to have 20 Hearthguard piling in twice, attacking him twice with a two inch reach. You know, he's a lot safer now. And when you're playing with limited models, that's something that you can be really attracted to is how do I protect my very minimal models? Um, and the Alapexes are the Deepkin's best way to do that now, I feel. Because unfortunately for the aspect of the sea, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute, he probably doesn't fit as many lists with his Tsunami of Terror spell that you would like. So the Alapexes with their nets are like the biggest way to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if everyone's painting Alapexes right now. I've got three already. So, you know, from previous battle forces. So I need to glue them and paint them. <laughs> sure, sure. You you had them already, right? You definitely, <laughs> well, I bought the definitely Christmas, haven't bought them recently. I'm with you, James. I've, Don't worry. I bought Don't the worry. Christmas box set uh, last to year. To be fair, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, uh, my mate Chris, the, 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 my deep kin mate Chris, <laughs> still yeah. has that box. And uh he, uh, yeah, he has lamented the lack of uh, sh sharks in his list. Um, he's always loved the sharks, but hasn't felt justified in, in bringing them. But now I feel what? like you could absolutely be justified. And not, not only have you got that entangled uh, rule on the Retarius, your razor shell harpoon launcher has uh, remained at 24-inch range. It's had an extra attack, so it has four attacks instead of three. It's threes yep. and threes. And talking about the proliferation of rend one, it's now got rend one. So you're kicking out an extra attack and with a, an extra pip of rend for your harpoon ranger, at, uh, harpoon launcher at 24 inch range, and going into melee weapons. So it's it has lost its scythe fins attack, uh, which was uh, which was a, a four attack three threes rend one damage one, um, and it still has its barbed hooks and blades. That's got an extra attack. It's now threes and threes rend nothing damage one rather than being threes mm -hmm. and fours. So it's got more reliable. And it's Ferocious Bite, uh, which is damage two instead of damage three, but you now have three attacks instead of one. So that's three, yeah, so that's... three rend two, damage two. So I think that's, it's just become a lot more reliable. So I think your kind of standard deviation of, before I think your Alapexes could go, could go crazy, but they could also be a bit terrible. Whereas I, now I think the kind of, the edges have been evened out. Absolutely. Yep. And you have to consider, like, it's a cleaner war scroll. You're rolling less dice, more meaningful dice. And also, with when you take into account the Futan and the um, Domhain buffs that you can get, they are potentially putting a lot of damage through with rerolls from those attacks. Not to mention, obviously, if you can kill a model or, or bring in the blood blood rule, um, the, the damage just scales massively. And obviously in high tide, they'll be striking first. Um, and the great thing about the Alapex is as well, going back to the Broken Realms segment of the book, is if you're really into the story and you've read that with the Blood with the blood Hunts, the blood Surf Hunt um, Battalion, all of that fits the story you've just read. So if you're new to Sigma and you pick that up, 
you're going to really be invested in Alapexes, and it's nice to get to the war scroll and feel like they could have a role in the army. Absolutely. And like you say, that is ultimately a game designer's intent. It's no one sat there thinking, let's design this fantastic model with elves riding sharks and then create some terrible rules for it. No one's like, that's not intentional. It's just, it's just the way it's panned out, you know. And, and yeah, no, no models... one sets out with that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's not the end state in mind. No but one moving sits on to the Eidolons, talking of models that no one ever sees. Um, sees? <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm no one ever sees? oh god that's terrible uh right so you've got two eidolons and for anyone that isn't aware the aspect of the storm is the fighty one and the aspect of the sea is the magic-y one mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on these two is there one that stands out um, as, as an auto take okay so if you look at the scrolls it's not worth um probably reciting the scrolls because the, the majority they haven't changed too much but they've had some really cool quality of life adjustments. They've both got a five-up shrug now, um, which is provided by the fish, because they're surrounded by a little coral of fish, which I think is quite cute. Um, and that five-up shrug makes them a lot more durable, because it's against all damage, not just mortal wounds. Um, and these are models that can heal, right? So that Storm, who is clearly the better of the two, I think, is the, is the combat damage one. Um, he, he has got some significant buffs. I was running him anyway, because I've always enjoyed the storm. I think it's an epic model. I took it to slaughter. I have no, I had no soul strikers, um, as, as this is an experiment really out of boredom. Um, but he is very cool. He can retreat and charge. Um, but his big change, I think, and I think why everybody's excited is his, he used to previously, if you were wholly within nine or maybe just within nine, I can't remember now, but, um, you would be all once to wound. Now, if you were wholly within 18 of him, it's plus one to wound, which when you look at, when you go back to the Alapexes and you go back to the Morsar Guard, all of a sudden now, all these guys are wounding on twos, which when you consider the damage they have for the eels is just an insane volume of consistent damage going through with high rend. So he, he, has a huge buff in that regard and i think with his retreat and charge um, ability his ability to heal he has decent attacks himself his spears no joke um i think he's a great candidate for the cloud of midnight artifact as well um i think you'll see a lot of him and especially because he's quite aggressively pointed at around 330 i want to say um so yeah he's a terrific addition and i think he is going to start seeing the table more now okay he, he's definitely a role player for hero missions and that contributes and also buffs eels, you know, um, or Leviadons or Alapexes, whatever you're running. But he's definitely got a role. Aspect of the Sea, I think he got some good quality of life additions, but I don't think in terms of competitive play, he's as attractive as the Storm. But the Sea is still going to have a lot of fun. People putting uh, Tsunami of Terror spell, which is a D6 units minus one to hit spell on um, on other units. It's quite cool. Um, if you're running in the Martyrless with him, and he obviously helps with their bravery. And I think now they've changed the um, casts, so he can re-roll all his casts now. Previously, it was just one, so now he can re-roll all of them, which gives you a chance to get that Tsunami off, because it's cast on a seven um, with no innate buffs. So that's probably his shining light, but the Storm is the one you're going to go for, 100%. And, and one thing for opponents of Ideneth to note is that the Storm Shoal, the little crew of fish that hang hang out with the Eidolons, that has now been uh, moved to be treated as the same manner as a mount. So not that yep. the Sword of Judgment is, uh, is a thing anymore anyway, but... Uh, no. You uh, no, but used it, to see, it used to see <laughs> Idlands, uh, the, the storm shore, little fish carrying around the Storm of Judgment because uh, yep. of all their attacks that they, they gave him. So uh, what do they have, like 2d6 attacks or something? 2d6 so attacks. They've removed, yep. they no longer have attacks and the storm shoal is now represented by the fact that uh, they get the the five up uh, after damage save. Yeah, and again, this comes back to just having a cleaner war scroll. You know, you're rolling less dice. You know, you'd argue the fish attacks are not meaningless, but they're not necessarily a huge investment for the model. So to change that to a five up shrug against all damage is really big for him, especially with a model that can heal and has a base three up. He does even have access to Cloud of Midnight to shut down damage for a turn. So this is a guy that like he's a really good utility piece that again creates creates that issue of do you want six heals or do you want an Iodon that can do very similar damage, but can heal, retreat, and charge. You know, he's contesting that spot in the list, if you will, and giving players more options, whereas I don't think that was previously true before. No, and I think options is a great way to look at it, is that before it didn't feel like you had options because no. the other options were so suboptimal compared to eels. Because any list design process, if you're looking at it, yes, we, we acknowledge that, you know, more narratively focused players can take whatever they want and they'll, they'll love doing it and, and 
you know, whatever. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if you wanted to go 5-0 and at a tournament and you wanted to create a really tuned INF list, any list design choice was, is this better than another three eels? Yeah, and, and what, what's at the crux of all of this is if anything have ever happened to the High King Vault Circus uh, commandability, um, it would open up a lot of different lists, I feel. Um, because remember, the Storm can still benefit from plus three attack. And if anyone's ever been charged by a Storm with plus three attack, they will know how hard that hits. Um, and not to mention, he's now giving everyone plus one to wound, which is an insane buff. Like... Eels now are wounding on twos across the board with minus two Ren spear attacks. You know, that's just, it's just a huge deal. So he's he's got a place and I think he's got an argument. And certainly if you're running something like the Achilling Corpse, um, you might consider him. Go to two drop, maybe um, in the MSU wheel list, maybe you put him in. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what people think over time. And then moving on to the Achillean Leviadon, the big man himself, the turtle of doom, the drummer boy. <laughs> Here he is. I mean... What a change. Yeah, he's had some great, some great quality of life changes. I think what happened for him was I think when they initially did the did the tome, when you read the rules, you thought, okay, well, what's the role here for the Bygon? You know, what's he doing? Is he's buffing the Marty? But his buffs were quite similar to those of the high tides, which is the allegiance ability of the Deepkin. Um now I think he has a lot of new abilities. His stat line has got much better. Um his shooting is good. And his uh, plus one save ability now stacks with the tides. So if you're running an Amati heavy list or you're running an iron rack list, um, you you can protect them. You know, Umardi can be on three plus saves turn one. If you're Ishlay and Guard in a Keeling Corpse, which I think is where you're going to see him, turn one, if you don't flip the tides, is going to be on a two up save, ignoring all rend, which make great screens for stuff like Salamanders, Carriage Overlords, um, any high rend shooting, even crawlers, you know, because. Because of the Forgotten Nightmare Orb Deepkin, you have to shoot the closest uh, unit. It does his Shane Garda on two up saves. You know, so that's a real strength of the Killing Corpse. But getting back to Leviathan, he has a great um, change to his draw attacks. You know, now it's a flat three and he has more of them, which I think is way more reliable than D6 damage. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, um, D6 damage can be obviously really swing. It's great when you roll with six and you do six more wounds, which he still has against monsters, which I think is a really cool rule for him. Um, but he does a flat three mortal wounds if you roll a six to hit, which I think as well, as an opponent, you always want to have, you don't, nobody likes it when the terror guys play against three sixes, right? It's not cool. <laughs> so when you come in with a Leviathan and you roll a double six, it does, it does feel, so I think three mortal wounds and obviously with a maximum of six mortal wounds is, is really nice. And again, you can put plus three attack from four turners on the Leviathan, you know? So he ha- again has another role to play in the Achilles Corpse. So he's, He's, I mean, it's really, if you get into the weeds of him, it's really his text rules that are good. He's always going to do damage. Doing mortals on the charge is cool. Um, he's got good, good draw attacks, uh, decent shooting attacks. But if you read his rules um, for us, he has some really cool additions, so, like the Void Drum rule. We've uh, we've discussed the Void Drum rule, which is uh, plus mm-hmm. one save. And as you say, it stacks with the Allegiance ability. Um, and uh, that's you have to be eight wounds or less. So you're... Aspects of the Storm and Sea aren't getting that because they are 12 wounds. Um, but your Achillean King... He will get it. Is and seven, and seven your Alapex will get it. And your Alapex. So Alapex is, I want to say... Eight wounds. Eight wounds. And the Achillean Kings are seven. Yeah. So yeah, they are definitely benefiting from that. Uh, and then uh, also you add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly Namata units that target an enemy unit wholly within 12 of any friendly Levardons. So I, I kind of see this as almost like... You know those World War II uh, films where you see like the American infantry advancing up behind a Sherman tank? <laughs> yeah. This is kind of how I see like Namati lists of being almost like, you know, sections of Namati troops advancing behind or slash alongside a Leviathan. Um, and, and it really kind of being a, a close support tank. Yeah, absolutely. That could actually do damage itself now. Like it's, it's no joke in combat, the Leviathan. Because it will be, be in Futan or it will be in Domain, so it's going to have access to rerolls. Um, it's going to have a strike first. And when you think about a futan list now, you think, okay, if I really want to play Namati, how do I how do I deliver them? What's my delivery system? How can I keep them safe for that for that first turn? And the Leviathan is that. You know, he is that tank driving and keeping those guys safe. They'll be on plus two safe. They'll get mid-board. 
They could charge in in high tide. They can do some real damage. And I know everybody likes to think about the five and OE on this, but you've got to think about the players that love the Reaver, the Reaver models, the Thrall models, like I do. I've got I've got forty of them. Um, I think people should try and challenge themselves to play those lists if they really want to. I see a lot of people tell me they've got hundred thralls, but they're not very good. They can't run the lists. I'm like, but have you tried? Have you played these lists? Um, and I think the Leviadon is a great addition to those lists as well now, as well as he's now a great buff piece in the Achillean Corps Battalion, you know, um, because of his plus one save, stacking with the tides. So Achillean Corps in, Futa, uh, in uh, Domhain, sorry, um, is probably going to be really potent. And then for those of you who aren't tracking what um, an Achillean Corps Boss Corps Battalion is, it's uh, one Leviadon, two to four Achillean Guard, uh, so any of the eels, and then one to two units of Alapexes. Not to be confused with the Namonti core, which is one Sol Render, two to six Throwns, two to four Reavers. But yeah, I, I think the Namati core with a couple of Levardons. Oh, 100%. It's a tried... really, really legit kind of uh, infantry heavy list. list. Yeah, and you have to. Um, and the thing about the Reavers as well is they can run and re roll their run, right? So they can run and shoot in Futan. Um, so if you combine the Namati corpse list with the Tycaster General, um, you get your Leviathan in there. You can run and charge turn two, strike first. Um, run and charge turn one, sorry, and strike first, turn two. So you can deliver these Namati really quickly um, on some scenarios. Not to mention, if you really wanted to, you could bring them on with Squires on the board edge with plus uh, three or six to charge and then deliver them that way as well with the Levard on supported as well. So I think it's a lot more it's a lot more interesting than people think. And I think whether or not people are willing to explore that, I don't know, but the options are there. And because it's coming back to this, giving people more variants and options to write lists and play armies that they enjoy. Because everybody can play 27 eels and charge someone and kill something, right? But it's nice to sort of play with other models within the range that Deep can play as own. And then finally, the last bit of Eidneth Deepkin rules is the Blood Surf Hunt, which is a brand new War Scroll Battalion, which contains uh, an Achillean King, who's a, a sort of a named character from, from the lore of this uh, the book, and then one to two mm-hmm. Achillean Alapex units. So Deadly Guardians is, is the ability that you get, and uh, that allows you to add one to hit rolls for attacks made with barbed hooks and blades by Alapex units from this battalion that are wholly within 12 inches of the Achillean King from the same battalion. In addition, roll a dice before you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the Achillean King from this battalion if it is within three inches of any Alapex units from the same battalion. While a two plus, you must instead allocate that wound or mortal wound to one of these units. So essentially this is giving him two shark bodyguards. Now, considering you can then combine this, with your brand new mount trait of Void Chill Darkness that we love so much, which allows you to sub- mm-hmm. subtract one from hit rolls. And you've got things like uh, the kind of shutdown artifact. Uh, what was it? The Cloak of Midnight? Yeah, Cloud of Midnight. Yeah. Cloud of Midnight. There we go. Not, not, not the, yeah. not the Shroud of Mist and Shadows or, or whatever, you know, which is the death <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, you've got your Achillean King is going to be hanging around for some some serious time, I think. Yeah, and this is a great battalion. Because when you talk about the Achillean Corpse Battalion, you say, okay, well, there's no heroes in there, right? Um and how do I get my eels need to be battle line, so I need a king. This is a great battalion to add in. Um and go double battalion potentially. Um but it's a cool battalion. It fits it's, the it's only 120 points as well. Yeah, and it, it's fueled by the narrative, extra CP, um, extra um artifact as well, or and mount trait. So yeah, it's just one of those where it's if you're really into the story and you really wanna this I think fits more narrative or path to glory play, but if you want to run it uh, competitively, you're not you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck running Alapex and a King anyway. Like those are those are the units you're wanting to run, and to be able to put them in with additional rule set, extra CP, extra artifact, I think you'll get some people just just jumping in. I do feel like it's kind of um, it's not 120 points; it's 70 points because oh, the battalion 70. Oh, no, no, you as see, in oh, as in as in the yeah. the, the battalion the is 120 points, yeah. but you could look mm. at it. it you're getting 50 points worth of CP, so scrap that. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. is is the Deadly Guardians rule worth 70 points? Well, if your whole army revolves around, uh, you know, having this Achillean King charging in alongside your eels and your sharks to use his Void Shield Darkness uh, mount trait, then, and and you have a viable hero to stick that second artifact on, or perhaps, you know, third as it would be because you've got the uh, the Achillean Core Battalion, like, then that's probably worth 70 points. Yes, it's not going to be an auto-take. Yes, it's not going to be the... This isn't going to be necessarily the, the meta-defining uh, Ideneth Battalion uh, of 2021, but it certainly has a place, I think, in an Achillean Core uh, focus list. Yeah, and as a Deepkin player, anyone who's ever played that MSU EO list before has that kind of feeling at the start going, okay... I've got a three-turn clock. You know, how can I kill them before turn three? 
I'm going to I'm going to be able to choose a turn. I'm going to make the eels go first, do nothing for the first turn. Um, maybe I get a double, capitalize on that, do as much damage as I can. Um, if a deep kin player was able to get their drops down, let's say a Keeling Corpse uh, and, and the Blood Surf Hunt, all of a sudden it's extremely terrifying for the deep kin player to have the choice because they will just let you go first. And if they can get a double turn with their army, that could be so much damage that you just might not even recover before they even get to high tide. You know, so it's it's a terrifying prospect to think a low drop deep kin army. Um, so it's interesting. I wonder if players will go for it. Maybe not. Um, it, the points are very tight when you start combining it with stuff like the Keeling Corp Battalion. But it's certainly a consideration. Definitely. And talking of tough list choices, what we're going to do now is we're going to wrap up uh, for this week's episode. And uh, next week, James will be uh, joining us to talk all about a couple of lists that we have put together. Uh, I say we've put together. It's mostly James put together. I've, uh, I've got a little rogue choice uh, that I'd like to discuss. Uh, that, um, that certainly will be, which is more of a, a fun list. Uh, but I, it's it's about how how we can make a fun list as competitive as possible. And James will be giving us a couple of list examples of some stuff that he's come up in the uh, in the recent few weeks since this release. So, uh, James, any any shout outs? I won't ask you my magic two questions because I, I feel like we should uh, we should save those for next week. Yeah, save that for next week because uh, I'll have the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because there's not yeah. enough time between now and next week for you to change no. your answer. But uh, any shout outs? Yeah, I'd love to shout out the Just Play guys, uh, my club. Um, and if anyone listening to this orders from JustPlay.co.uk uh, already, uh, I'm sure Rich and Ian, who is a local business, would love your support. Um, so if you order anything from there, pre-order or otherwise. Uh, I'm sure they'd very much appreciate it. So I'd like to give them a shout out. Um, oh, and I should point yeah. out here, actually, if you are local, because they're Liverpool-based, aren't they? Yes. And they are doing, was it a free delivery, uh, free local delivery? Yeah, uh, based on the area code as well. So Richie does a, a delivery service during lockdown uh, to homes um, around the L postcode. So, you know, get free delivery. So if you are if you are a Liverpudlian hobbyist who is stuck <coughs> at home in lockdown two, or you're listening to this in, you know, 2023, and you're stuck at home in lockdown seven, then um, you know, order from Just Play and you get your uh, get your free delivery. Get get Richie to turn up at your door. Richie, that handsome chap. And who wouldn't want Richie McCallie turning up at your door? I know. Sometimes I do. I mean, I, I I've never wished to live in Liverpool, but no. for the fact that I could get, I've never previously wished to live in Liverpool. However, you're starting to think about it now, aren't I'm you? Starting, starting to think about, about it. it. I'm wondering whether it's yeah. worth moving yeah. up into the cold, barren wasteland of the north just to get Richie <laughs> McCallie at my front door. Mm. Free delivery matters. It does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so yeah, absolutely, just play, and that's a club as well, isn't it? So when when yeah, that's right, play, yeah, yeah, we, we we game on a usually on a Thursday night. It's obviously not at the moment because it's in lockdown, but there's a lot of us just come down to the store, get involved, and if not, check out um, the website and, and help support the guys because I'm sure they'd love they'd love to have your support. Brilliant. Well, James, thanks for joining uh, us today, and look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll.